From the heart of Nebraska's capital city, this is the Nebraska Family Alliance Report. Here's your host, Nate Graz. The salvation of the state is watchfulness in the citizen. I'm Nate Graz, Policy Director for Nebraska Family Alliance, and this quote is inscribed above the main entrance of the Nebraska Capitol, where the 2024 legislative session is now underway. Senators are back in session debating and voting on the policies that directly impact families in our state, the freedoms we cherish, and the lives of real people, including the lives of preborn children. With a unicameral legislature in Nebraska, the people truly are the second house. And people of faith can play an indispensable role in influencing the decisions that will be made if we do not grow weary and if we do not neglect our calling to be salt and light, to stand for truth, and to advocate for human flourishing and the good of our neighbors, our state, and our nation. Much is at stake this session. And I'm honored to be joined now by someone who has been a champion for the unborn, religious freedom, and Nebraska families, and who is serving in one of the most important roles in the Nebraska legislature, the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, Senator Ben Hansen. Senator, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Nate. Appreciate it. Senator Hansen, the 2023 legislative session, I almost hesitate to even bring it up. It was so unprecedented and unusual, both in terms of the obstruction that we saw through filibustering and protests. Senators had to be literally escorted out of the building by the state patrol at one point, but it was also unprecedented in terms of accomplishments. It was a huge year for protecting children, both born and unborn, and in passing Nebraska's first ever school choice bill into law. And you were quite literally right in the middle of all of this. What was that like for you personally? And what did you take away from last year's session? Well, I I think you said the right word, unprecedented. (laughs) I think some of the stuff that happened last year, we have not, we have never experienced before in the Nebraska legislature. The quality of bills that we passed, especially from a conservative standpoint, was unprecedented. And we had, we had newspapers statewide newspapers who are typically much more left-leaning, and I'm sure they had some heartburn even putting this on the front page of the papers, was uh, Republicans and conservatives had the best year in Nebraska history. Like that alone was 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 amazing and, and, and amazing to be a part of, I guess, right? And so you know, all the stuff you already mentioned, being escorted out of the, out of the, leg, out of the legislature, out of the chambers, um, the, the kind of angst and anger we saw from people typically more on the left with some of the bills that we're passing. Um, I've never seen anything like that before. And just, you know, it's, it's very difficult up there giving, especially since the amendment that I introduced combined to the biggest kind of emotional um, bills that we had in legislature, combining them together to get them to move forward. Um, getting up there on the microphone, trying to, trying to give a speech or trying to talk when you have literally just like, 30 feet behind you, people in, in a glass wall yelling at you and cursing at you, calling you names, um, spitting at you. Um, kind of difficult to, to, to give some good sound debate, um, you know, on the microphone when you have that right behind you because we could even hear it on the TV. So it was, it was um, rewarding, I guess, to say. Uh, you know, I, this is my 
well, that, was, that was my fifth year. And so I've been, th- I've been in there five years already. And this is the first time I can kind of honestly say, I'm glad I was there and the time and the effort and the money um, that I've lost was worth it, right? Was, was really worth it with, with, you know, being able to pass legislation that had to do with abortion, that had to do with transgender youth, that had to do with school choice, that had to do with taxes. It was really rewarding. And I'm just, I'm just glad that I was a part of it. Well, we were glad that you were a part of it because it, it absolutely was an incredibly consequential session. There was so much that went on. And really the way we've described it to people is that these were generational wins that were achieved that will help our state and families and children in our state for years to come. And uh, as you mentioned, just a lot of the uh, controversy and, and protests that, that were going on in the middle of all of this, you know, as a senator, these issues, the biggest issues of our day get just dropped into your lap in a very tangible way where you don't get just to have an opinion, but you have to vote on a real bill. What are the, the principles and values that guide your decision making as a senator especially when you know you've got, you know, a lot of people that are going to be very upset with you and are potentially, as you mentioned, just a couple of feet away from you yelling and cursing at you while you're about to make these votes? Well, it's kind of multifaceted, right? And so um, I think my, the things that drive me are my personal philosophy of government and the role government plays in people's lives, right? And I think that should be limited, very limited. Um, And so I think that ultimately drove, um, you know, some of the decision-making that, that we did, that I did on the floor personally, my respect for life. And that's something I've always held dear. That's something I will never change. That's ingrained in me that at conception, that is a human life. And you can look, look at it different ways, such as I do. Um, and this is how I explain to people who say, well, you only think cause you're a Christian, you know, you're only thinking about your religion when you make decisions. And that's a part of it. It is. And anybody who says otherwise, you know, their faith, their personal philosophy um, is lying when they say that's never a part of their decision making. It always is. It's just that if it's that's the sole driver or if there's other factors involved. And so I also look at it from a governmental standpoint at the respect for life. Anytime as a government we decide to end a life, it should have the right to a jury, should have the right to a fair trial, should have to, you know, to of its peers. And so I think from a just from a purely government standpoint, we have to respect life at conception because that is a life. Um, and these are some of the questions that I've asked senators on the floor. And these are some of the tough questions I think we need to ask people who believe otherwise. Is what, what, At what point do you think it is not a life? Or when is it a life? And I've asked those questions and they can't answer them. And so um, I, I think is there's just different things that drive or motivate me um, to decide one way versus the other. So, But those are the kind of the top two things that kind of help my decision making. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate that. And, and we need more people out there like you asking those hard questions. Um, so now let me turn to the 2024 legislative session that is now underway. What are you expecting from this year's session? And, and what are some of the things that you'll be pushing for this year? You know, that's a very great question. <laughs> so it's like if I had some dice and just throw them in to see what happens, you know, that's how I feel about how the session could turn out. You know, I it's I'm, I'm unsure. I think it depends on how far... I think certain senators maybe want to take it again. It didn't work out for them very well last year. So I, I'm assuming they're probably not going to try to, you know, quote unquote, filibuster the session again. It's hard to say. Um, I think, I think we're in a very good position. I think, I think last year was, was critical. 
I think, and I think it's not, I, I don't know if it's underrepresented or uh, it's just, I think we drew a line in the sand last year as a state on where we wanted to go. Right. I think you saw a lot of states start moving one way, more left, some going more right. I think we actually philosophically drew a line in the sand last year saying we, this is where we are as a state. This is where, this is what the citizens believe in. We're representative government. So I think it's a matter of maintaining our belief as a state that we believe in the sanctity of life. We believe in protecting our children. We believe in giving parents the choice um, for their children for school. We don't believe that the government should be taking all of your money um, and that you are, you're the best person to be able to, you know, control your finances and not the government. So I think we just need to kind of keep moving the ball in that direction. And I think last year um, as, as a conservative, I think group, um, I think we were all aligned um, in our philosophy and our direction where we wanted to go. And I'm assuming we're going to kind of keep that going this year. Well, I think that's exactly right. We're already seeing efforts underway, and I'm sure there will be more to try to repeal and take away some of those huge gains that -hmm. were made last year, and we need to fight to defend them. And Senator, I also wanted to ask you in your experience serving in the legislature, when it comes to public participation, what are the most effective ways that citizens can make a difference? And really, what kind of an impact can people of faith have in the legislative process? So there's different ways, right? And so from an individual approach, knowing your senator, first of all, being in communication with them, whether it's a phone call to their office, whether it's an email, whether it's a letter, Nebraska senators, again, we're kind of unique since we're unicameral. We are very accessible. I mean, we, we, you know, we're, I think we're the only capital in the entire country that does not have a metal detector because we believe that the capital is, is the people's house. So you can walk right in, go into your center's office, um, tell them your concerns. And so that face-to-face time is huge. So you don't really even have to be involved, per se, by going, you know, running for school board, or, which is highly important now. But just those little things make a big difference. I think that really kind of helps a senator understand where their where their uh, constituents, you know, opinions lie. One of the things I would like to see, and this is a letter I wrote to all, my, all the churches in my district, I want to see the, the church itself maybe become a little bit more involved, preaching from the pulpit, not being afraid to, you know, maybe offend um, some of their, their um, you know, people who go to, to their church. I think sometimes maybe I feel like we have kind of gotten away from that a little bit, especially when it comes to the petition drive they're trying to do with abortion. And the churches have to highly be involved right now. You know, it's time to protect the flock. And so I would like to see the churches also get more involved and say things openly. You know, like I said, preach from the pulpit. So that's a way that I think that the churches can get involved as a group. But like I mentioned before, the other big thing is either yourself or finding a good person to run for school board. School boards, in my opinion, have slowly been taken over over the last 40, 50 years. And I would like to see us kind of get back to center where the parents have control where we are making sure our children are being protected. You know, um, so I would like to see that other kind of involvement as well. And I think those are just three basic ways that people can really help drive the direction of this country or their, our state um, like we did last year. I think that is spot on. Uh, I mean, the things you're, you're talking about, you know, this, this really takes all of us. It's bigger than any one person or one group. And really, we need churches and people of faith to, to step up and speak out and, and be involved uh, because these are the issues that matter. And on the issues that matter, it's God's people who should be leading the way. You're right. So these are, 
and this is some, what somebody told me a long time ago, it's always difficult to have awkward conversations. Right. And, and so when we're talking about, I wouldn't say controversial, but, you know, emotional topics such as abortion, those are awkward conversations to have. And you have to risk offending somebody sometimes by giving your opinion. You might be surprised how many opinions you can change by expressing yours in a nice way, right? Just the same way I believe that that Jesus did for um, everybody else right. is lead by example. Like, this is just what I believe. You can believe what you want, but this is why I believe, and I'm going to tell you why I believe it. So then you have to go home and think about what you really believe in. And sometimes people don't think about that unless they hear from somebody else. So it's time to take those risks, I think, as 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 a church, as as are the citizens um, with not being afraid to express how you feel. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to offend people, but you also have to risk that. Well, I think that's exactly right. And we know that the stakes are high. Uh, there's so much that yes. is on the line and we can't afford to, to simply sit on the sidelines. Uh, so Senator Hansen, I want to thank you uh, for being with us today and sharing your wisdom and insight. But more importantly, thank you for serving our state and everything that you are doing uh, to be a voice for the voiceless and to stand up for Christian values in the public square. Yes, and, 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 and thank you, Nate, for all you do, and Nebraska Family Alliance for the communications you're having with people just right now with this podcast. I think it's hugely important that we start, again, expressing our views and communicating it to the people and, and helping you know protect the life of the unborn, especially in the state of Nebraska. Well, thank you, Senator. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And for more information on all of the bills and issues we are working on and how you can help partner with Nebraska Family Alliance, visit NebraskaFamilyAlliance.org. Thanks for listening to the Nebraska Family Alliance Report.